All right, let's try that again. It's a great day to praise God, amen? It's good to see each and every one of you here today. Our folks in the back do all kinds of work, and when I mess it up in the front, there's not much they can do, so y'all just have a little mercy on them. One thing that they have been doing this week, though, is they have uh, lined up our streaming service to where it is now running to YouTube. They wanted me to let you know that. If you go to our website, you can hit the live stream now, and that will direct people there. I would also encourage you to go there and make sure that you subscribe to the channel where you can see those things. And one thing that that makes it very easy to do is if something's going on and we have something, uh, one of our services that you want to share with someone, it's very easy to text somebody a link to say, hey, listen to this. Let me know what you think about it. It's a great way to share it with other people. Obviously, it also helps all those that are unable to be with us as well, but that's something that they've done this week uh, that will hopefully help our, help our ministry in a good way. I ask that you will remember our, uh, we've got about 11 people that are leaving this Saturday for Ensenada, Mexico uh, to go work at the City of Children. I ask that you'll uh, keep us in your prayers as we travel there to help, uh, help with the good work that goes there, taking care of a, a number of orphans in that place. It's been an exciting week. Uh, we've already mentioned Jay and Marin as they've made the decision to uh, put on the Lord in baptism. It's always an exciting time when somebody has looked at what God's Word says and says, that's what I want for my life. Uh, at Southgate, we want to help people to do that. A lot of times whenever I uh, see someone make that decision, my question that I simply ask is, who's next? When you see somebody who's received the grace of God, who knows that their sins are forgiven, it's one of the most beautiful things in the world. And you say, well, look, anybody else can have that if they will simply come and they will simply humble themselves and be obedient to the Lord and to his plan. That type of faith is the one that God uh, rewards with his grace. And I just, uh, we're going to be praying for those young people, but we also pray for those that are continuing to think about uh, making a decision to do that. Uh, both of those individuals studied. They got together with individuals. If you have questions, know that we want to study with you. Uh, if you want to talk about some things, if you're wondering about what the Bible teaches, that's what we want to do. Uh, we're in Matthew chapter 7 as we're moving through the Sermon on the Mount. And today we're going to cover one of the most well-known passages in all of Scripture. Uh, people who don't even know or care about the Bible know this passage. Uh, they love to share this passage. They don't mind sharing it with anybody. They talk about it all of the time. It is so well known. Many times they will come into a situation. You can see it on a daytime, uh, you know, I guess argument show, if you want to call it that, a daytime talk show where people will know what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 1. What did he say? Judge not that you be not judged. And that's the end of the quote. That's the end of the statement. They simply throw that out there. They're going to take it out of the middle of what we know as the Sermon on the Mount. We've seen all kinds of things that Jesus has been talking, but they will pull that one statement out and they will throw it out there coming from the Lord and they have a lot of ideas or intentions of what that means. I would say besides Philippians 4.13 is probably one of the most misused and misunderstood uh, scriptures uh, in, all of, in all of the Bible. People will talk about, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and many times they may misunderstand what Paul was talking about. They aren't even looking in context. He's talking about that idea of contentment and how God can give that to us. Well, they come to Matthew chapter 7, verse 1, and they simply say, Judge not that you be not judged. And what are they implying? 
Many people would imply that Jesus says, look, you aren't supposed to make any judgments. That's obviously the only thing that could be brought out of this. They stop right there in the minute of it, in the middle of it. But as we've walked through the Sermon on the Mount, and we know that this was a, a thought that he shared in the middle of this teaching, what have we seen? We've seen that Jesus is teaching us how to do all kinds of things in order to bring glory to our Father. He's told us to check our hearts and how we deal with other people. In chapter 6, he had talked about all these internal things that are going on. He says, look, you need to think about what you are doing personally when it comes to your giving, when it comes to prayer, when it comes to fasting, when it comes to materialism, when it comes to how you deal with other people, with even how you handle anxiety and stress. We've seen what he said back in Matthew chapter 5, verse 16. We want to do our good works, so uh, we go and do good things so people can see our good works and glorify our Father who's in heaven. And everything that Jesus is talking about, he says, look, we want to try to serve him in such a way that people will see us and make a judgment. They will see us and understand that God is working within our lives to transform who we are. We want them to look at us and say, you know what? Instead of being against their enemies, they love their enemies. Instead of being greedy, they're generous. Instead of, and you have all these other things. And what does he say? He wants us to live in such a way that they look at us and say, there is the salt of the earth. There is the light of the world. The end result of us hearing and following the Sermon on the Mount is one that people look at us and make a judgment. And I think that's important for us to understand. So what exactly is Jesus talking about? Well, that will be our study this morning. I believe Jesus here is, is telling us we need to be, be so very careful about judging other people unfairly or unrighteously. You saw what Jesus said there in John chapter 7, verse 24. As we finish the passage before, he says, Do not judge by appearances, but judge with right judgment. Jesus isn't coming here and saying, Look, what you're going to do is you don't make any judgment about anybody. Does anybody believe you can actually go through life without making any judgment at all? We know that's not the case. And anybody who would say, Well, judge not that you be not judged would be making a judgment about how you judged or not, wouldn't they? See, the idea of what Jesus was doing is look at this passage, and I want you, he sort of brings out this big statement at the beginning of what he's about to teach us in Matthew chapter 7, and he says, you need to be careful. You need to watch out. So many people who misuse this verse quote it, hoping that Jesus' intention was, hey, just be accepting of any lifestyle, of any teaching, of any decision that somebody makes. They can make whatever decision they want and then simply say, well, no, judge not that you be not judged. That's not going to be the intention we find as we look in Scripture. See, there's right judgment and there's wrong judgment. And as you read the entirety of Jesus' teaching here in Matthew chapter 7, you're going to see that Jesus is going to give instructions on how to avoid one and successfully achieve the other. This morning I want to give you five different rules I think you can find from the Lord when it comes to the idea of making judgments and judging. But first let's read the passage. Matthew chapter 7 verses 1 through 5. Jesus says, Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce you will be judged and with the measure you use it will be measured to you. 
Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is a log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Well, Jesus comes and says, judge not that you be not judged, but then in verse 2, you see the fact that you're going to judge and that you will be judged. Jesus' very first words when it comes to this was to emphasize the cautionary aspect of judging other people. Why is that the case? Because some people love to judge everybody else. There's all kinds of people that love to look at everybody else and see what mistake everyone else is making. They love to see their, their flaws. They love to inspect those things. Sometimes they love to ask more questions so they can get even more information so they can judge them even more. They love to sit there and check people's motives and decide in their mind, this is what he was thinking. This is what she's really wanting to do. And you can get caught up where you are constantly going out and trying to judge other people. And Jesus comes to us in that moment and says, you better be careful when it comes to judging other people. And rule number one is he talks about as you come to this uh, point where you're going to have to uh, describe or figure out what is going on in somebody's life, he says rule number one is you need to realize how you judge will determine how you will be judged. We see that in life all the time, can't we? If somebody acts like they have no problems at all, if somebody comes and they act like they are holier than thou, right? They come and act like I've got everything right and I'm walking with God in perfect harmony in everything that I do and then that person falls flat on their face. How do we want to treat that person? How does the world treat that person? Well, they're pointing at them. Somebody who acts like they've got it all together and everybody else is messed up, immediately the judgment that comes to them is so much harsher. Harsher. The world almost revels in the idea of somebody who acts like they've got everything together. When they mess up, they want to point out their problems. When they fall on their face, they don't receive much grace, do they? So as we see what Jesus talks about here in verse 2, the judgment that you pronounce, you will be judged with the measure you use. It will be measured to you. We need to ask ourselves, are we harsh on others when it comes to judgment? Are you harsh on other people when they make mistakes? Because what Jesus says, if you're going to be harsh on them, understand that you ought to expect them to be harsh on you. Don't forget what Jesus said in the same sermon back in Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. He said, when it comes to our prayers, what do we pray? Lord, please forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Part of this walking with the Lord, part of being this disciple is that I am asking God, God, please forgive me. Forgive me as I'm forgiving of other people. Well, doesn't that have a huge impact on what you're going to do when you see somebody who makes a mistake? When you see somebody who's falling down in sin, your initial reaction wants to be the same thing that you want God's initial reaction to be back at you. What do we want? We want grace. We want mercy. We want forgiveness. So as we see others and we see them fall as all of us do, what do we want to do? We need to realize that how we judge will determine how we will be judged. If you want mercy, if you want grace, if you want forgiveness, then do the best you can to offer that to others as well. Now we're not called on to offer approval. 
We're not called on to endorse other people's lifestyles or their bad actions. And as we look at this idea of not judging someone, no Christian should get that idea that Jesus was going to say, hey, well, just do whatever you want to do. His entire sermon is about changing our lives in such a way that we bear fruit and show that we are his disciples. But we should also avoid acting like we're the ones that are the final judge, that we're the ones that know somebody's actions, their motives, and it's our job to judge. What does Jesus say? Don't be overly harsh in how you judge others because it'll come back in the way that you are judged. The second thing that we see within this passage is Jesus is going to tell us don't judge others while ignoring problems in your own life. Look at what he said there in verse 3. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but don't notice the log that's in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me see the speck out of your eye, and there's a log in your own eye? Now, Jesus, as he was talking about this, I don't know, I always wondered, did he pick one up? Did he pick up a log? Did he go and grab something, and he wanted to point it out to other people? Because what Jesus is saying here is quite humorous. He's saying, look, I'm going to come up to you here, and whenever I come to figure out a problem, I see somebody, and well, they've got a, a speck in their eye. Come here. Come here. Let me help you out. Blake, come here. Come here. Come, you know, what's happening? Ridiculous. To walk around with a big log sticking out of your face, and then what you're doing is you're looking for somebody else's small little speck. And Jesus does it to draw attention. He wants us to think about it. He wants us to get that image that as we go and you're going to judge somebody else, What's the first thing you need to do? You need to look at your own life. We know there's a problem whenever somebody comes along and they've got big things that they want to address in their life and then they want to come and pick somebody else's issue in their life and get it fixed. Jesus has a word for that. The word is the same word that the world has for it. What does he say? You hypocrite. You're going to make judgments about other people while not addressing the issue that's going on in your life. And what does Jesus say? First, take that log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to get the speck out of your brother's eye. What does Jesus say when it comes to judging other people? You know who you need to pay the most attention to? The person in the mirror that you see each morning. And as you look at that person in the mirror, you need to judge that person and do the best you can to look at the mirror of what God has said and make sure that you're doing the best you can to follow it. And then you can move about seeing how you can help somebody else. But he says the first thing you've got to do is make sure that you get that log out of your own eye. As Jesus talks about that idea, He's given an illustration. He's drawing attention to it all. But a lot of times people read this and they miss what he said at the end of it as well. He says, what you need to do is do your best, rule number three, to see the situation clearly. Verse five, hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Well, what do you do? You clean up your own life. Why do you do that? So that you can be the perfect example of everything? No, we have the perfect example. We want our lights to shine in such a way that other people, we can point and say, God can help you too. But I'm going to try to see these things clearly. Jesus didn't say, look, the speck in your brother's eye, it's none of your business. Mind your business. If somebody else is doing things in their life that's wrong, you ignore it. It's none of your business. 
That's not what you're going to see in Scripture at all. Look, you don't make any judgment. You don't do anything. What did Jesus say? He says, first, take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to do what? Help your neighbor, your brother, with the speck that's in his own eye. So what does he say is, first, fix, do the best you can to address any glaring issues in your life. Beware of your faults. Identify your biases. Watch out for blind spots that could cause you to misjudge or judge someone too harshly. Be humble enough to recognize your own faults. And you know what it'll do? It will help you to help others. You know what's really painful? It's having something in your eye. You ever had a speck in your eye? One of my very first memories, my first year at church camp, I was 10 years old. We went to Camp LaJoy over, I think, in Chester County somewhere. I couldn't even find the place now. But we were out there in a pond, and we were playing and swimming around, and people decided this was a great idea, of course, 10-year-old boys, is to reach to the bottom of the pond, pick up mud, and sling it at each other. That's a lot of fun until you come up out of the water after ducking with your eyes wide open and get hit directly in the eye with a handful of mud. And I had mud lined up in the bottom of my eye, and I got out, and it wasn't a speck. This was just a glob of mud, and what in the world are you doing? I'm running to the bathroom, and I'm pulling in, and I'm just seeing mud caking the bottom of my eye, and I'm doing all I can to reach down in there and get it out. Could you imagine doing that with no mirror? Jesus' day. Something in your eye is painful and you're blinking and you can't see and it's hurting and it's affecting everything that you do. You can't operate the way you want because, why? I've got a speck in my eye, but it affects everything. You remember last week Jesus talked about the light of the body is the eye? How we see is going to be so very important. But what's also, that is something that's so painful. And then whenever we think about what Jesus wants now is, you know what's incredibly hard? Trying to get that speck out of your eye by yourself. If I didn't have a mirror, I would have had no idea. Well, we walk through life and we all are imperfect people. We all have faults. And what Jesus doesn't come and do is say, hey, mind your own business. It don't matter. It's not your life. It's their life. No. We're brothers. We're sisters. We're meant to be family. And what do we do? We're striving to do the best we can to help each other. One way that we do that is we look at our own lives. We're going to look at ourselves first. We can't walk around with a big log hanging out of our eye acting like we're going to be able to help anybody else. But as we strive to let God cleanse our lives and help us to make us through his spirit better people, that's going to enable us to be able to come up to somebody else and humbly say, you know what, I've had that problem too. Let me help you with it. It makes it easier to come to somebody else and say, God wants to take that out. That's painful, isn't it? It's messing up your relationships, isn't it? That will cause so many problems. Been there and done that. Here, let me come and help you. See, what the devil would love for us to do is walk around blinking all the time in all kinds of pain, bumping into everything else because we won't help each other with our specs. And he wants us just wandering around in pain and misery. Jesus says, look, first pay attention to your own life and then do your best to see the situation Clearly, why? So that you can help other people. We're called to live life together, to keep each other accountable, to confess our sins one to another, to help each other when somebody falls and to pick them up. 
In order to do that, you're going to have to make some decisions, aren't you? But you don't want to judge people too harshly. You don't want to come and judge them and ignore your own life. You're going to need to make sure that you can see the situation clearly. And then in verse 6, Jesus gives another rule when he says, don't go about wasting your time correcting people who don't care or listen. Look at what Jesus says in verse 6. He says, do not give dogs what is holy and do not throw your pearls before pigs lest they trample them under feet, foot, and turn and attack you. Within five verses of saying, judge not that you be not judged, what does Jesus, the Son of God, say? There's some people that are going to be acting like dogs, and there's some people that are going to be acting like pigs. Well, how are you going to know if somebody's a dog or a pig? You have to make a judgment, aren't you? So you can go and have something that is holy, something that is special, and you go and try to give that to someone, and if it's a dog, what would a dog do? They're just going to rip it to shreds. You could go and get your grandmother's pearls. It could be worth all kinds of money. It could be expensive. It could look beautiful. You could clean up that pig all you wanted, and you go and lay those pearls before a pig, and what does Jesus say it's going to do? Well, they'll just trample them underfoot. They'll stomp them in the mud and come after you. What's Jesus saying about this in context of talking about looking at other people? We have to be careful when we go to deal with other people because we need to be aware that our efforts to bless other people or try to help someone is not always going to be accepted. If you judge this to be true with somebody, if all they're going to do is get mad, if they don't care at all what God wants, they're not interested in his word, then I would suggest, as Jesus is talking about here, is you're going to have to make a judgment to say, look, that isn't getting me anywhere. I'm just going to back away from the situation. Has anybody become an expert or had great success in arguing a point on Facebook and having somebody reply to your post and go, you know what, you're exactly right, I'm going to agree with you now. See, what happens when you get out of kilter on this judging people and trying to fix everybody, Jesus says, you need to realize that some people don't really care. They don't care what God says, they don't care what the Lord says. And as you're dealing with somebody, if you sit there and you're going to try to sit there and throw pearls before swine and say all you're going to do is enrage them and frustrate yourself. So at some point we come and we share what God wants in a loving way. We don't want to be harsh. We're considering ourselves. We're trying to help. But if somebody's going to be slapping at your hand as you try to help, you just back away for another time. It says we need to be careful about those things. Jesus sit here and says, judge not. But as you continue to read in the chapter, Jesus, in fact, is going to teach that failing to make proper judgments can be very, very dangerous. Look on down in Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. Jesus comes and tells them, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. I thought that was a fake picture. I don't believe that's a fake picture. Coyotes came in and took out about nine of my sheep a few years back. Very quickly, made quick work of them. Those are coyotes in front of a wolf. Coyotes about 15 to 30 pounds. A wolf, 70 to 100 pounds. Coyote, three, four feet long. A wolf, six feet long, a coyote a foot and a half off the ground, a wolf two and a half feet off the ground. Could you imagine what a wolf, a full-size wolf is going to do 
to a lamb. Those are some big, scary animals. And Jesus says, I want you to know something. You better watch out for what people can do when it comes to their influence in this world. There are people who want to come and teach you something other than what God says. They want to get you to do something other than what God has told you to do. They want you to look at the idea of Jesus' teaching and ignore obedience in your life. And he says, you better beware of false teachers. Why? They can look like sheep. They can look like they're just fine. Like they love the Lord and everything is good. But he says, inwardly, they're ravenous wolves. What's a false prophet going to do? A false prophet is going to be somebody who believes the wrong thing about God and they're going to lead you away from where God has told you to do. And Jesus' point is they are incredibly dangerous and they can be difficult to identify. So don't worry about it and don't worry about identifying them. Nope. You're going to have to be very careful when it comes to recognizing, identifying them, judging them because if you don't, you can be destroyed. Well, Jesus, what do I do with it? Rule number five we see here in verse 16 and following. He says, be fruit inspectors. Marshall Keeble often talked about that. He says, well, I'm not looking to judge anybody, but I want to be a good fruit inspector. When you think about judgment, some people come and act as if we're the final judge of what's going to happen. There is one judge, and it's not us. That's way above our pay grade. But when it comes to looking at situations, looking at what's happening, you want to be a good fruit inspector. And a fruit inspector can look at something and say, hey, this isn't quite ripe yet. This isn't everything that it needs to be. And you can sit there and figure out what's going to be the good part and what's the bad part. But Jesus, as he talks about false prophets, says this. Verse 16, you will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit and the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that doesn't bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. What's Jesus saying in the exact same sermon as he's telling us, be cautious about judging people. He says, look, there's good trees and bad trees. And you have to be careful about identifying those. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to look at their fruits. You're going to look at what they do. What is the outcome of what they're doing, of what they're teaching, of what they're practicing? If they're going to lead you to a place where people are not doing what God wants, you better watch out. If their teaching will not lead you to do what the Bible says you need to do, you better watch out. If what they end up practicing and how they live their lives is not in line with trying to do exactly what Jesus has talked about, he says, watch out. And you can see their teaching. And you can see whether or not they're looking at the Word of God or whether or not they're just telling you what they think about something. You can look at what's going on in their life and whether they are practicing those things or not. If the result of what they teach is that people don't obey the Lord... And what the Bible teaches, then know that they're false teachers. If the results of their teaching is that they get glory and everybody thinks they're great and it's not pointing back to God, they've missed the picture. John 15 verse 8 tells us, By this my Father is glorified, 
that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. What do we want to strive to do? We want to follow him. We want to be careful when it comes to judging other people. We don't want to judge them too harshly. We want to do the best we can to see the situation clearly. We want to always look at ourselves first and understand that we want grace and mercy and forgiveness because we're all sinners and we ought to offer that to other people as well. We need to make sure that we're careful in how we deal with others, but we also need to make sure that we're looking at the outcome of what's happening. Because what does Jesus say? He says judgment is coming. If we'll carefully submit to Jesus' guidelines when it comes to making judgments, it will help us to be ready. Did you see what he said there in verse 19? Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you'll recognize them by their fruits. So don't judge harshly. Don't ever judge without looking at your own life first. Don't waste your time correcting people who don't care. Focus on those that have ears to hear and watch the outcome of people's actions and remember that judgment is coming. You're not the judge and I'm not the judge, but God is the final judge and his word will judge us all someday. Are you ready to take action when it comes to what the Lord has said? We've seen that this week. We've rejoiced with angels in heaven. As we see people that say, this is what Jesus has asked me to do, and I am ready to do that. I am ready to obey. That is the fruit of a person who wants to be a disciple, is to say, look, I'm ready. I've seen what he's asked for. I'm ready to take that step, and I'll take an action. We've had individuals that have agreed to confess Jesus Christ, not only the day that they become a Christian, but their whole lives. We've had individuals say, I am willing to turn away from sin because as I turn away from it, it's going to help me to point more people to my God, and they've made a decision to do that. We've had people that have said, I want to be buried with Jesus Christ. I believe he died, was buried, and was raised from the dead to go on to heaven. And I'm now ready to die to sin, be buried with him, and be raised up to walk a new life. Are you ready for a new life? A life that has forgiveness, that is full of grace, and is full of mercy? If you are, we want to help you to that end. If we can help you anyway this morning, we invite you to come as we stand and sing.